trade will be lost its good name, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be discredited, and the goddess herself, who is worshipped throughout the province of Asia and the world, will be robbed of her divine majesty. When they heard this, they were furious and began shouting, Great is Artemis of Ephesians! Soon the whole city was in uproar. The people seized hard word and hard word, Paul's travelling companions from Macedonia, and all of them rushed into the theatre together. This theatre was, it seated about 25,000 people. Paul wanted uh, to appear before the crowd, but the disciples would not let him. Even some of the officials of the province, friends of Paul, sent him a message begging him not to venture into the theatre. The assembly was in confusion. Some were shouting one thing, some were shouting another. (laughs) I love this bit. Most of the people did not know why they were there. The Jews in the crowd pushed Alexandra to the front and they shouted instructions to him. He motioned for silence in order to make a defence before the people. But when they realised he was a Jew, they all shouted in unison for about two hours, Great is Artemis of Ephesians. The city clerk quieted the crowd and said, Fellow Ephesians, doesn't all the world know that the city of Ephesus is the guardian of the temple of the great Artemis? And of her uh, image which fell from heaven. Therefore, since these facts are undeniable, you ought to calm down and not do anything rash. You've brought these men here, though they have neither robbed temples nor nor blasphemed our goddess. If then Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a grievance against anybody, the courts are open. They can press charges. If there are anything further you want to bring up, it must be settled in a legal assembly. As it is, we're in danger of being charged with rioting because of what happened today. In this case, we would not be uh, able to account for this commotion since there is no reason for it. After he said this, he dismissed the assembly. This is the word of God. It's absolutely true, and it was given to us in love. It's a fantastic story, hey? There's so much in there. As As we walked from the top gate of Ephesus, and it's on a hill... And you walk down, you, the, first, the first section is a massive business area. And then you walk down the, the, the cobbled streets and uh, you end up at all kinds of uh, shrines and temples and libraries uh, before you then make your way down. And historically, the, it was a port city. Uh, but now the, 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 the sea is now about another five miles away. So the, the, the sea has just gone out and out and out. Uh, Ephesus itself was this large multi-ethnic centre of trade, commerce and culture. Uh, In the Greco-Roman world of the first century, uh, Ephesus was only exceeded in population by Rome and Alexandra. It was the capital city of the Roman province to Asia. And Ephesus had approximately a quarter of a million people uh, there. It was an incredibly important seaport. Uh, and to travellers from all the Roman world visited Ephesus in large, large numbers. Uh, it was on the main trade route, uh, and having a key harbour uh, added this picture of Ephesus as this bustling, multicultural city. There was a medical college. We've, we visited the, the old medical college where renowned doctors. There was a, an incredible underwater sewage system which linked the whole um, the whole city, an enormous amphitheatre. Uh, there were these affluent homes in Ephesus. 
it, it had amazing opulence, and the, some of the homes would have split-level construction going going up up the up the side of the hill, and some of the homes were about ten thousand square foot square feet, which is probably the size of this entire mass of the church and the chapel. It's a huge, huge area. So when you think of Ephesus, don't think of a small, dusty town with some camels sort of hitched up to the side. Uh, there's, you know, here and there. Think of a city like Brighton. Think of a city the size of Brighton with a bustling harbour, the pace, the architecture, the infrastructure of a large commerce, commercial cosmopolitan city. Uh, if, you think of, if you think of it like Brighton, you'll get closer to the mark. Christianity spread from that city to the, to the entire world, to the entire ancient world. It was an incredible city uh, for the kingdom of God. And um, in the book of Acts, the history of the church at Ephesus begins with the ministry of Paul on his, first, on his second ministry trip. Uh, in, you can read about it in Acts 18. Uh, and he was accompanied by this couple, Priscilla and Aquila, and they arrived in Ephesus. And we, we read the stories that Paul went into the synagogue that we visited. He went into the synagogue and he proclaimed Christ. And then he was asked to stay, uh, to stay on. Please stay on, please stay on. But then opposition, as we read in this story, caused him uh, to change his meeting place from the, from, the, from the synagogue into the school, into the Tyrannus, where he reasoned for two years. He reasoned there for two years. And during that time, God gave him extraordinary grace of gifts and supernatural power. And uh, as we can read, as the... It's the, he chased, he chast, chastened, 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 chastened. You say potato. Um, he, 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 these seven sons of Sceva, and many in Ephesus, so there's a quarter of a million people in Ephesus, they would have renounced their idols. They would have renounced uh, the god, their gods. They would have publicly burned their magical practices which demonstrated that they were, they were rejecting, they were leaving their old self, and then they were heading towards the way. Paul, Paul planned to leave Ephesus even before that, but he was urged to stay. Uh, he wanted to leave Ephesus to go. He was set his face. He was like set, I need to go to Rome. I need to go to Rome. I need to go, need to go there. Before he did that, he wanted to go to Jerusalem, and he wanted to collect uh, some arms and some money for the poor to give to the give to the poor in Jerusalem. Uh, but he sent Timothy uh, ahead of him. Uh, and so as we read in, in Acts 19, this crisis in the city occurred. As a direct result of the preaching of the gospel, he wasn't shy, he wasn't hidden away. He was there preaching and proclaiming Christ. Uh, and the reason there was a riot is because of the business community they were losing money. Whenever you go to a big city, you always have these like trinkets or statues. Let's get the statue of the Leaning Tower Pisa. Let's get the statue. And so Ephesus was the same. It's the same. Let's, the business owners would have made these statues to give to the, all the tourists. Uh, but because the whole, many, many in Ephesus had, had broken their statues and, and turned towards Christ, the business owners were losing money. 
And so they rallied round together. As we first entered Ephesus, there was a big business square where they would meet, they would have little hubs, if you like, little workstations in, in this community, uh, and they would plan and plan together, and they would work together. And so this man, Demetrius, started this riot. Um, at the time of, in Ephesus as well, some of the things that we discovered is that it was, Ephesus was the second most powerful city in the ancient world. And it was second only to Alexandria in, in Egypt. And so we visited the incredible library that there was in, in Ephesus. And it, it contained expensive scrolls. But it was burnt down by the Egyptians who were jealous. This kind of rivalry between the Egyptians and the Romans in the, in the culture of the day. And, and so the, the Egyptian sh- soldiers came in and burnt down the scrolls. Because scrolls at the time were valuable. P- paper was valuable. And so uh, to combat that, they, uh, in Ephesus, they didn't use paper, they used leather, leather parchments. And so they wrote on leather in the end. Um, it, was, it was really incredible. If ever you get to go there, it was, it was a fantastic experience to walk the same ground that Paul and some of the other apostles would have walked. To imagine, to stand in that Colosseum of 25,000 people and imagine Paul, imagine the shouting Imagine the shouting and Paul standing there proclaiming, proclaiming Christ. Um, over the last couple of weeks, we've been encouraging people to, to, to grab a pen, write a little note and just pass the pen and to just anyone who comes by. And so we placed a pass the pen uh, just in between one of the temples and the brothel. We thought it was a fantastic place to, 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 to leave a pen, put a note of freedom, on there for everyone, anyone who comes by. Um, and, and this week, we've seen some people who've, who've received, you guys have been leaving pens everywhere, uh, from Paris to Turkey to Devon, all, all over the country. And so some people are now Instagramming their past the pens themselves. They're kind of saying, oh, this is amazing. Someone left this for me. It's really, really brilliant. Um, it's a, just a really simple way to do evangelism. If we're scared about preaching, if we're scared about talking to people, these are just, it's a simple way to, uh, to give someone an encouraging words. We believe words of power and these little reminders to people can, uh, can really help. We had one lady who, who she, she found a note in Balaam. And again, she Instagrammed it, said, I've had a really bad day. I found this, I found this piece of paper on the, the pavement or somewhere. Uh, this is amazing. Like, God's really interested in me. It was fantastic, really fantastic. Um, as, as, we were, as we were away, I kept, it's going to sound really weird, I kept hearing a drum beating. I kept hearing a bang. I don't know whether it was my, just the silence. Uh, we didn't have my phone, you know, we didn't use our phone that much. But I'd, I'd, I just heard this bang, this drum being banged. And, uh, and it was a call and a challenge for us not to hide ourselves away, um, but to be stepping out and making a noise. So I started thinking, well, do we need another drum? Do we need a drum kit? I started thinking like that. Do we need a, do we need a proper drum to, to make some noise? Adam said, yeah. <laughs> over, over the last few, few months now, we've been... Uh, going through the book of Ephesians 
Uh, and Paul, during Ephesians, as we read the book and meditate on it and marinate in some of the words and some of the truths, he's calling believers into unity. He's calling believers to have one mind, one heart, one mission. Uh, and Ephesus was pluralistic in every way. There were many ethnic and cultural uh, backgrounds were represented in the city. Religious pluralism was entrenched and embraced. Uh, on the flip side, moral beliefs, like religious ones, where they were just seen as diverse uh, because considerable moral depravity was encouraged, was accepted, perhaps considerably more so than, than in 21st century uh, British culture. But the wide range in social acceptance was maintained in the name of tolerance, uh, which sounds like London. Sounds like London. As a result, anyone claiming to have the right religion or the only God, the only way, the ultimate truth was, was bound to face acute rejection and social pressure uh, and persecution. And so it's no wonder there was this riot in the city. These men and women were claiming there was one way to God. And I, I think the biggest danger we find ourselves in, uh, in London is pluralism. Uh, particularly in London. Uh, there was similarity between Ephesus and London. I saw all the time. I, I, I'm biased. I reckon London's the most influential city in the world. But it's definitely one or two. It's definitely the main it's culture of influence. You think about it's got more, it's got more uh, multi-ethnic, diverse city than any, anywhere else in the world. And again, to claim your God or your particular religion is the only way, is the correct one. Um, it's almost treacherous, isn't it, to say this is, Jesus is the only way. It's almost treacherous. Well, we've got a whole, whole load of beliefs. What you believe is what I believe. It's a real, like this pull of pluralism in the, in the, in the city. As we, sort of, as we finished our, um, our, our tour of the city, we ended up in this... Um, playing for this football pitch sized area it's a huge area it was the biggest area in Ephesus in terms of the, the layout and the tour guide he spent ages on different parts and he kind of said oh this is where the slaves are brought and sold but let's let's move on uh, it was a huge he didn't really touch on it for some reason like uh, slavery was normal uh, slavery was done and uh, it was a powerful image of how much trade was done with, in slavery in, in, in Ephesus, and in fact, around the world. Uh, as I said today, today is uh, International Day Against Human Trafficking. And um, human trafficking is a crime that exploits women, children, and men for numerous purposes, inc including forced labor and sex. The International Labour Organization estimates, again, this is very conservative, estimates that 21 million people are victims of forced labour globally. This, this estimate also includes victims of human trafficking for labour and sexual exploitation. While it's not, and they, they make this disclaimer, while it's not known that many, how many of these victims are trafficked, there are some estimates between 15 and some estimates between 41 million people. 
the estimate, what it does imply is that currently today, there are millions of tra trafficking of victims in the world right now. Every country in the world is affected by human trafficking. Every city, even London. We kind of think it's an international thing, don't we? We think, it, oh, it's over in India, Bangladesh, it's those poorer countries. Every city, we, were to, we had a presentation by a police commissioner about 18 months ago, and he said in every, every urban town, I guess, in, in London, you could do a, a half-mile radius from the tube stations, and there'll be dozens and dozens of brothels just within a half-mile radius of every, every tube and train station in, in the city. Um, every country in the world is affected by human trafficking. Whether it, as a country of origin, transit, or a destination for victims. And children make up almost a third of all human trafficking victims worldwide. So this isn't something that happened 2,000 years ago. You could imagine this playing field size of thousands and thousands of people who were shipped in and then shipped out all over the world. Um, the, that playing field, field side is nothing to what is already happening now, today. Um, women and girls comprise 71% of human trafficking victims, the report says. Now, th that's the obvious one, women and, women and, women and children. What's interesting to me is that a third of them are men. Uh, lots of charities are involved in, with women. It's interesting to me that a third of all traffic victims are men. And that's something. So I started thinking, what could we do as a church? And uh, I remember this story uh, that Daniel Strickland, a fantastic uh, speaker, and uh, she's, part, she's a Salvation Army Member. I don't think she's a, up any. She's not an officer or a captain, but she's a. She's part of the Salvation Army, and she tells about this story in Japan, where in 1902 the Salvation Army started in Japan, and there were 50 Salvationists there, just 50, and they called it church. These 50 soldiers they turned up in turned up in J Japan, and the commander he was from from England said to the soldiers that were there. Salvation Army soldiers. He said, what are we here for? What, what can we do here? And the so, the so, one of the soldiers said, oh, that's easy. That's really, really easy. Um, the largest brothel in Japan is just down the street. And there are 25,000 uh, enslaved girls in there. 25,000. Uh, do you remember? There was 50 of them. This, the Salvation uh, army in then what they said is the Salvation Army in Japan exists to set the captives free, and the commander, uh, the commander, the pastor, the pastor there, he said maybe we should try something simpler, maybe in terms of a church planting strategy, maybe that's too hard, maybe we'll get kicked out of Japan, he said, maybe that's not, you know, there's only 50 of us, maybe we should try something else, and uh, so what they did is they prayed about it. Um, that's always a mistake, <laughs> isn't it? It's always a mistake. Lord, what's your heart for, for this? It's always a mistake. And they were praying one night, and the commander was like, boom, it hit him. And he, he felt he heard, let my people go. And so they organized a brothel invasion. <laughs> 
as you do. <laughs> Brothel invasion. And so they got together and they had another all night of prayer. And uh, what they got was this, uh, this is why it reminded me, uh, they got this big bass drum. Because uh, that's what you need if you do a brothel inv- invasion. <laughs> big, big bass drum. Um, never invade a brothel without a big bass drum. That's basically what they say. Can you imagine sending Viv and I that proposal? Dear, Steve, dear Viv and Steve, I'd like to start a new ministry. I would like a big bass drum. And um, I'd come back, what? How much? Like 300 pounds. Uh, what do you want to do, this, do with this? I want to invade a brothel, of course. <laughs> uh, so after more prayer, the 50 salvationists uh, and one bass drum, they went and they went marching into the middle of the town and they went into the brothel, right bang in the middle of the brothel. Uh, the other thing they did is they, they made a million copies of, a, of an article and the title was Why Women Shouldn't Be Bought and Sold. They, and they distributed a million copies all over Japan. As I was reading this, these 50 people have just lost their minds, haven't they? You're just starting a church. This isn't what you do. This isn't what, this isn't what you do as a church planting strategy. They've just lost their minds, but they've come in. I believe what happens, they came into agreement with the Spirit of God, who says, I've come to set my people free. And, who, and they've said, I'm not going to agree anymore with society or religion or anybody else who says that people should be brought and sold. Uh, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm, gonna say, I'm not going to say yes to this oppression. Or I'm, or I'm not going to be passive against this uh, oppression. And so they went, boom, boom, boom. They went in, boom, boom, boom. Uh, they're going to be engaged and they're going to fight this stuff. The other thing they did is they contacted the media. <laughs> and they, they just said, they said, we're going to do an invasion. <laughs> We've got a bass drum. And so they marched in the middle of this brothel and announced, they announced, uh, the commander announced, if there are any girls here who want to be free, come into the middle. Come into the center, come into the middle of this circle. And so the 50 salvationists made this big circle. <laughs> and, uh, and out of this, seven girls came for the first time. And they came right into the middle. Um, and then, the, uh, as it's read, the Salvation Army, I, I think what happened is they closed ranks. I've got two scenes about this. It's either like the, from the film 300, where... <laughs> You know, the rugged salvationists with their shields and their, their swords kind of pulled rank. <laughs> um, the other scene I've got is a kind of Monty Python type sketch <laughs> where, <laughs> where they kind of got in and they sort of shuffled out together. <laughs> and they were like, oh, where's my bass drum? Let's just shuffle <laughs> Those are the two scenes I've got. <laughs> Who's got the bass drum? But it's a, it's a great picture of holiness, isn't it? Inclusive holiness. And it says, those that are oppressed, we've got you. Those that are oppressed, you're with us. Uh, and so they went out. However they went out, uh, the brothel owners sent their bouncers, they're kind of their heavies, uh, to go and get the girls back. 
and these sort of he- these heavies just started beating the Salvationists, the Salvationists. Um, how they did it, the Salvation Army, they put the, the highest rank people on the outside. And so the, the commanders, the pastors, they got the, the beating first. And I think that, I think if I'm right, that that first night, three of them were hospitalized. Uh, and several, several of them, over the weeks and months, several of them had to, be, had to have armed guards to protect them from the, from the business owners who saw that their, their means of money was being destroyed. So there was a riot. Remember Acts 19? There was a riot because people just, Paul, bang this drum. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. Um, that day in Japan... The, 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 the newspapers at the time had to print three copies of their press just to keep up with the news. What was happening? It was amazing. Uh, what was happening with the invasion? And you know what they did next? The next week they did it again. <laughs> they went in again. They shuffled in. <laughs> but they went boom, boom, boom. We're not giving up. Uh, and a few, finally, a few months passed and... Um, they, they rescued 47 girls and they put them in safe houses all over the country uh, where no one else knew. Uh, in secret locations. Most of the senior officers and commanders were injured. Um, I, guess their, I guess their church planting strategy was we're not going to stop until we're all dead. I think, as I read it, I think that must have been, we're not going to stop until we're dead. But they had this call, let my people go. Um, A few months into their invasion, the Japanese parliament, partly they got together to save face. We need to save face. This is really embarrassing. What are we going to do? And so they met. How can we save face? How can we, what can we do? And so they passed a law, and the law was that any woman that wanted out of the brothel could sign her own release form. It's amazing. That next day, 12,000 girls walked out. I thought I was going to get a bigger cheer. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. That next day, half the girls walked out. The, the Japanese parliament, that's you and me. We, we may turn a blind eye or think it's nothing to do with me. Uh, I've, I've got loads of stuff. I've got loads of stuff going on in my life. I'm not sure whether I'm going to get to heaven. I don't know whether Jesus has forgiven me. I'm not sure what's happening in my life. Um, it's nothing to do with me. Slavery is nothing to do with me. I just want to say it's everything, everything to do with you. Next time you watch pornography, you're part of the oppression. Do you know where your artisan coffee actually comes from? Do you know? It tastes nice, but do you know where it's come from? We're we're caught up in our own subjective oppression that we fail to act for those that are really oppressed. Those that, those that are enslaved. Uh, and I've just written five things that you can do, and then we're going we're gonna to pray. Number one, pray. Pr- 
pray. Pray for those who are involved in this. Pray for the victims who are involved. Pray for yourself. Ask God, how can, you, how can I get involved? It's, it's going to be dangerous if you do. Um, number two, become a member. Partner with an anti-trafficking charity. And there's some fantastic ones. Let me give you a few. Unseen, fantastic uh, organization. IJM, International Justice Mission. Hope for Justice. Stop the Traffic. Uh, I could go on there. Some some fantastic ones. Salvation Army, who are leading, uh, helping women and men in in the UK. Uh, Fantastic what they're doing at the moment. So pray, become a member. Uh, awareness, become aware of the issues, whether it's internationally, nationally, and locally. Become aware of what's going on around you. Um, also, you can spot the signs of, uh, of trafficking. Uh, so I don't want to talk much about that, but there are, uh, on, the, uh, on the Salvation Army, they, they have a link, spot the signs. And there's a whole, from the school gate to the car wash, to how come, how come this restaurant is always empty? It's empty, but it's still functioning. I never see anyone in there, but there's, it's functioning. How come this is really cheap? Um, so you can do that. Uh, you can volunteer. And uh, we, we want to, a number of us have volunteered with the Sophie Hayes Foundation. They, they are helping women who have come out of uh, the sex, sex trafficking or they've been rescued themselves from labour. And uh, so w- what we're doing at the moment is we're at the beginning stages of forming a church partnership with, with Sophie Hayes. And so we're going to let you know about this in the next couple, couple of weeks. But there's some practical things, things that you can do. What I want to do now is just let's stand and uh, just take, take a minute in silence to remember um, those 15 to 41 million people who are currently being trafficked. We're just going to take a moment of silence. And ask the Spirit of God to to, to stir within us. <clears throat>